Hey guys, it's Harris. I hope that you've been enjoying these special episodes of the Story Podcast these past few weeks. This episode is the last throwback episode in this short series for now, and it gave us the needed time in our schedules to continue with some of our planning for the quickly upcoming Story 2017. For those who haven't heard, it's a two-day conference taking place on September 21st and 22nd in Nashville, Tennessee. These episodes have been glimpses into the magic that takes place at this conference by hearing some of the live talks that took place last year. Whether you've heard these talks before because you were in attendance or you're experiencing them for the first time, they are sure to serve as incredible, short, 20-minute bursts of inspiration for your life and your work. If you're interested in joining us for Story this year, we've got a special discount code for you if you listen in at the end of the episode. And it's not a little bit, it's a good one, trust me. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to the Story Podcast. There are things meant for you that are currently beyond your imagination. The only way to become a better storyteller is by telling more stories. Your greatest work may not be seen by millions of people. Keep making anyway. To be a writer, we have to sit down and we have to do the work and we don't get up until it's finished. The only hope we have are the stories we tell. Stories not bound by what is possible. We are proud to be storytellers. Last year at Story, the Vice President of Strategic Design at Visioneering Studios, Stephen Shaparo, gave an incredible talk about discovering our identity outside of our work. As artists and storytellers, our art is an outpouring of who we are. So if it's not praised or even accepted, what does that do to our souls? If our identity is only found in our validation for our work, we're in for a long road of heartbreak. If you weren't in the room, I'm so excited for you to experience this talk. It will bring you perspective as you work to put your story to your canvas every day. Here's Stephen Shaparo from the main stage at Story 2016. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Latino portion of the show. My name is Steve Chaparro, or in Spanish, it's Chaparro, which in Spanish actually means the short one. (laughs) Thank you very much. I want to tell you a story today, and it's about this guy here. His name is Ethan. Uh, Ethan is my 10-year-old son. Uh, He's what I call chapter number one. Uh, He's really, really smart, very creative, and in my opinion, he's a genius. Uh, You know, he really loves to read books, and when he comes back from the library, he comes back with books on astronomy, on thermonuclear dynamics, and epilepsy, just for fun. Uh, We watched one time an IMAX movie on dark matter at the National Air and Space Museum, And I asked him, so what did you learn from the movie? And he said, I knew about 85% of that stuff already. (laughs) I told him what Dan Good shared with us yesterday about muons, you know, that fog in the box stuff. And he says, yeah, I know about that stuff too. In fact, I think the way he really said it was, please. (laughs) No, like I said, he's, he's a... 
he's a genius. You know, I, I really think when I look back and I, and, I, and I remember that when he started school and he started coming back home with report cards, glowing report cards, and we would celebrate. We would celebrate with hugs and kisses and thrifty ice cream. We've celebrated a lot. And, and I remember one time he came home with a report card in his hand and he came running over to me and I saw a certain look in his eyes. I recognized that look for some reason. He came over to me and he asked me a question, a question that really cut re me really right to my heart. In fact, it's a question that I felt in some ways that I've been asking you may be asking it yourself. You may recognize a question. He asked this question, Daddy, are you proud of me? It chokes me up every time I think about it. Because I think that as creators and as storytellers, it's easy to become enamored and entrapped by the lie that our creations are what create significance in our lives. And that we, if we are, if our creations are deemed significant, then our work must be significant. Therefore, we must be significant. In fact, it is as if we are captives to our own creations. In the great words of the Latino philosopher and luchador, Nacho, he I don't know why, but our family loves this movie. <laughs> you know, you kind of love stories that kind of reflect the story of your own lives, and I don't know what this says. <laughs> but he, he once said this statement, I am the gatekeeper of my own destiny, and I will have my glory days in the hot sun. This can be our attitude sometimes, maybe to a fault. Our belief that we are the creators, if not the controllers of our own destiny. But is this really, is this completely true? There's nothing wrong with us performing and, and pursuing and platforming and, and promoting ideas for the purpose of collective impact. But as an individual person, this pursuit of producing significant work is based on performance. It's fleeting and not completely in our control. We can also be easily wrapped or wrap our self-worth around the opinions of others. This quickly becomes an issue of identity for us. One that is misplaced identity that can be fleeting and it can also be the one that we cannot completely control. Maybe more than we care to admit it, it is possible that the product of our craft, rather than the pursuit thereof, can form our sense of identity, validation, and affirmation. After all, it's what makes us human. 
How many of you know the story, the, the Greek mythology, the Greek myth of Narcissus? He was a hunter. He was known for his beauty. He was the love child of a river god and a nymph. John William Waterhouse painted the story here. We learned that Narcissus was a proud creature. He loved to be loved, yet he spurned those who loved him. Nemesis, the goddess of retribution, attracted Narcissus to a pool. And when he came to it, he became enamored by his own reflection. Entrapped by the beauty of that reflection, he stared at it until he drowned. If we are completely honest, we might discover that we have more in common with Narcissus than we might admit, because we understand that the term, that the word Narcissus is the origin of the term narcissism. In fact, if you take a closer look at the bottom right corner of this painting, you, you'll understand what I mean. It's reality. Sometimes we are victims of narcissism ourselves. Now back to this little guy. Remember that question? That question that he asked me? That question caused time to stand still for me for a moment. It's as if I was given this pocket of space outside of time as everything else stopped and I had a chance. It was like this defining moment that I had to think about this question. There was something wrong about this question, though. It wasn't that it wasn't authentic or that it wasn't vulnerable. That was real. That was true. But then I realized that I had been asking that same question myself. Maybe you are asking this question. And then it hit me. This is the wrong question. The real question Ethan was asking is, who am I? Daddy, who am I? When I considered it, I realized, yeah, this is a heavy question. I mean, inside of all of us, isn't that what we all want to know? Who am I? Between you and me, isn't that what we all want to be known, to be heard, to be seen? And beyond all of us, beyond this room, isn't it what we all want to do is to make a difference, to make an impact. Now for Ethan, I could praise him for how he performed, for what he did. Performance, isn't that how we're all measured? Or I could praise him for who he is, his never-changing identity as my son. But man, you know what? I don't want my son to go through life earning participation trophies. But then in the middle of all this tension, I was reminded of a story. Now, bear with me a moment. It's a story found in the Bible. This is a story within a story, almost like Inception. <laughs> in this story, Jesus makes his public debut as the Son of God. But at this point, 30 years old, hadn't done anything really miraculous. He hadn't done anything supernatural like walking on water or healing mothers-in-law. The story goes on that he was baptized, and then there was this voice, the voice of God the Father, 
who called out and said this one sentence. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In one sentence, he gave Jesus identity, affirmation, and validation. So I, I sensed this story. Then I clicked back into time, and Ethan jumped on my lap. He's, he's asking this question, Daddy, are you proud of me? And I turned to him, and I said, Ethan, do you know why I'm proud of you? I'm proud of you because you're my son. It's not lost on me that he's 10 years old and he may not completely get it yet. Sometimes he's going to get things wrong. Life is going to get messy. Life is going to get hard and there's going to be conflict and he's going to fail. There's going to be pain and conflict. But my job as his parent my job as his parent, as the steward of my son's identity, is to help him discover his identity, his true story. Now today I want to explore two things. So here are the two things I want to do. I want to explore what is true story, and how can we, as storytellers, act as stewards of story. It has to be less focused on what we are being as a creator of significance and more on becoming a steward of significance. The stewardship of story requires that the storyteller discover, articulate, and express this true narrative, the narrative that is already there. It doesn't have to be made up. To close the gap between what is and what should be, not what could be, what should be. The storyteller understands that her most important skill is not the ability to create the right answer, but it's her ability to discover the right question. At Visionary Studios, our team is made up of a motley crew of, of folks. We're architects, interior designers, and we're urban designers, and we're builders, but more specifically, we're spatial storytellers. Our founder learned lessons while he worked at the Walt Disney Company. Our chief operating officer was a Disney Imagineer who helped develop downtown Disney and parts of, of Disney California Adventure. Our chief design officer was a principal design, uh, designer for AECOM, the largest architectural and engineering firm in the world. And like all storytellers, we use different canvases and different languages. Our canvas is space. Our language consists of lines, shapes, colors, materials, and textures. And our role, we say at Visioneering, is that we are trusted stewards of story and space. For us, it all begins with story. This is what makes us so passionate about our work. You know, when clients come to us with a project and they say, well, how would you design our space? Honestly, our answer is, I don't know. What's your story? Who are the people that are going to use it? What is the story of people, of place, and of passions? If our clients don't know who they are and where they're going, then there is a misalignment between their idea of story and their idea of space. We believe that every space does tell a story. It just may not be the one you want to tell. 
If there's a misalignment, then it's our responsibility as stewards of story to discover, to uncover, to extract their true story. It's already there. Maybe it's going to require that they undergo, undergo a paradigm shift in their culture, if it's a company or an organization, to rediscover their true narrative. Or they need to redesign their space, their space and their language. We believe that this story is a journey, that the journey is the destination, and that our process is our product. So here are three things that we say about spatial storytelling. It's all about the space inside, the space between, and the space beyond. We talk about the space inside. It is our role as architects and interior designers. We craft stories into physical form. For instance, this space here, it tells a story. It creates moments of musical brilliance, but it also tells the story of country legends in the past. The space between is the space in between buildings. And then the space beyond is also the project when we talk about the projects that go beyond the borders of our sites. We, in fact, we tell our, our clients that they need to talk about what would it be like if their experience, their customers' experiences were like a script. With Ethan, I want him to understand that he needs to understand who he is. The space inside is about what he believes he is inside. The space between is the relationships that he has and will form with other people. The space beyond will be his ideas of what the future will be out there. The future that will impact others around the world beyond him. Well, I want to go back to this guy. In case you thought the story was over. It actually has one last scene, but it doesn't include Ethan. It includes this other kid. His name's Brendan, my chapster number two. He overheard what Ethan and I were saying and talking about, and he comes over and says, Daddy, do you know why I'm proud of you? I'm proud of you because you're my daddy. He gets it. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this short look back at last year's event and were inspired by Stephen's talk. If you want to watch the video of this talk and others delivered from last year, just check out our website. Go to storygatherings.com. And as I promised, I have a great discount code for Story 2017 for you. Just go over to story2017.com, use the discount code WEARESTORY with no spaces, WEARESTORY, and you will receive $100 off of your registration. This code is only good until August 31st, so do not wait. We also have an incredible upcoming online workshop with Hannah Brencher that still has some seats left, and it is entirely online, so you can tune in from anywhere in the world. For more information on that and any of our other online or offline gatherings, visit storygatherings.com. We do what we do as Story to serve you guys, the creative community of storytellers, and that includes this podcast. It's all created with you in mind, to keep you inspired to do your most creative work. So let us know how we can serve you best. 
As always, I am Harris III, and you can reach me directly at any time by emailing harris at astoria.com. That's H-A-R-R-I-S at I-S-T-O-R-I-A.com. Or just shoot me a message on social media to at Harris III on Twitter or Instagram. It's Harris I-I-I, like the Roman numeral three. I can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to the Story Podcast. And we'll be back with our regular programming next week. This episode was produced by Harris III. It was mixed by Chad Michael Snavely and music was written by Aaron Farmer. The Story Podcast is a production of Astoria Collective. Thank you for listening.